But the Bible says, He that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm not, I've definitely not always been faithful to God, but He's always faithful to me. Uh, but I think this is a good contrast to the song that's just sung. If you will, turn your Bibles to Jonah chapter 4. Jonah chapter 4. Uh, and as you're turning there, I'm going to pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for your long suffering and uh, mercy towards us. And I pray, God, you'd help us just to uh, discern and, and reap what you've sown in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jonah chapter 4. Some things about Jonah I'm sure we're all familiar with this uh, particular character in the Bible. And by character, I mean he's a real person. The Bible is true. Uh, but uh, Jonah had everything all right on the outside. If we'd have looked at him, uh, from our perspective, we'd said he's the greatest evangelist ever lived. I uh, saw a national revival <laughs> in the city of Nineveh. That's People right. repented and sat cloth and ashes. Yes. But we see that the word of God is faithful. There's nothing wrong with the seed. Jonah did what he was supposed to do. He went and he preached that eight-word message. And yet th 40 days in Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's right. But we know that Jonah's heart was not right. He had all the stuff on the outside right, but he didn't have what was on the inside right. We talked about a faithful God in those songs, but here we see an unfaithful man. Uh, and I'll begin reading now in chapter 4 and verse 1, and we see a little bit of the character of Jonah. And 4 and verse 1 says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Now, of course, the context of this is the national revival. These people have just repented. And uh, you look over in Nahum chapter 3, we won't turn there now, but we see these are wicked, vile people. They, they uh, enjoy, they, they took pleasure in, in murder and violence and all those things. And uh, God said, woe to the bloody city. But we, thank God he's willing to save those that are just a little bit in sin. And thank God he's willing to save those who are way deep out in sin. And uh, he's willing to do that for the Ninevites, just like he's willing to do that for the prophet of God named Jonah. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. But we see Jonah's got a wrong attitude. He, he was a preacher. He did all the right things. He had all the right... He probably had a nice suit jacket on. He probably had his tie tied just right. He probably had his hair combed just in the right fashion. It didn't touch his ears or nothing. Probably had his beard trimmed. Maybe he didn't even have a beard. Maybe he shaved all the way off. But we see his heart. His heart was messed up. But we see in verse 2, Jonah, Jonah took the right course of action. In verse 2 it says, And he prayed... Unto the Lord. Now, doesn't the Bible tell us to cast all our care upon Jesus, yeah, for He right. careth for us? Thank God for that. Yeah. Jonah was was mad. He was angry, and he was angry for a wrong reason. He he was he was angry that these wicked people, God was going to redeem them. But but he did the right thing. He took his his displeasure to the Lord, and he begins to pour out his heart to God, and he begins to say, God, isn't this what I told you in the first place? This is, this was my saying. Back in my country, it says all these things. Jonah could have been a seminary professor. Listen to what he says about God. Uh, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, thank God for that, and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of evil. Well, that sounds like a good class right there. I bet he could teach real well. He knew all the things about God, but it doesn't seem like he knew God real well. Verse 3 says, Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. For it is better to me, it is better for me to die than to live. So here we see Jonah going to the pit of despair. If he would have stopped and left off those two last words and said, I beseech thee, 
uh, oh Lord, take, I beseech thee my life. He would have just stopped right there and said, Lord, just take my life. Use it however you want to. But he, he didn't stop there. He, he let his, his uh, emotions, he let his uh, circumstances get the best of him. Amen. And uh, he decided that his life wasn't worth living if he just couldn't get his way. The Bible's up to date, ain't it? It's just right up to date. We don't need a new version. We don't need a new translation. The Bible's just right. It's just right. We just got, we just got to read it, believe it, live it, and love it. Verse 4 says, Then said the Lord. Remember, Jonah's communicating with God right now. He's in a good place. He might not have good emotions. He might not have uh, good thought processes, but he is in communication with God. That's a good place to be. If you're willing to communicate with God, God will be willing to instruct you in the way of righteousness. And verse 4 says, this is God's question to Jonah. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? Jonah, Jonah, you're upset. Is that, is that doing you any good? I don't, I don't even think that God was being sarcastic. I think he was being serious. He was, he was asking Jonah a question just like he asked Adam. Adam, where art thou? God, God wasn't asking Adam where he was because he didn't know. He was asking Adam, hey, Adam, consider your circumstances. Why are you hiding in the bushes? Jonah, why are you angry? I just saved a nation using you to preach. You should be rejoicing. You should be excited. But he wasn't. So here in verses uh, 1 through 4, we see Jonah was in communication with God. But then at the moment that God would dare reach into Jonah's heart and touch his pride, Jonah decides he's not taking that no more. God, I don't want no more of you. God, who are you to tell me how to live my life? God, who are you to tell me what to do and how to feel and how to act? God, you don't know how those people have treated my people. God, you don't have any idea or understand what it feels like to know that those people would be redeemed after their wicked, vile acts. But remember what we saw about Jonah in verse 1. I think he had a similar condition, don't you? Verse 5, this is Jonah's uh, reply, not so much in words, but his actions. It says, So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth. And sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. Now Jonah knew that God repented of the evil that he had determined for Nineveh. But he said, you know what? Maybe I can convince God to come over to my side. Maybe God will see how smart I am and figure out that, well, Jonah, you had it all figured out to begin with. You went out here and you made a booth. And I think I'll just come dwell with you, Jonah, and I'll change my mind. I'll go ahead and send judgment because you must be smarter than me. So Jonah's out there hanging out in the booth waiting for God to come change his mind yet again because Jonah believes that he is smarter than God. You know what? All the time... God is long-suffering. He's all these things that Jonah said he was. And he's that to Jonah too. And you know what? God could have come down and broke both his legs, put both his eyes out, threw him right into hell if he wanted to. But you know what he did? This is amazing. Look at verse 6. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah. Now why did he do that? Was he doing that to make Jonah feel bad about his circumstances? Now look on down in the verse, and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. You know the Bible says in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. You know that God doesn't deal in, in judgment towards us immediately. He doesn't desire to have us to, to be harmed. He, he comes to us first with patience, with kindness, and, yeah. and He'll send a blessing our way just to, just to prove how good He is. Yeah. Wow. Amen. 
And if we'll take heed to that, we repent. If we'll take heed to that, we can turn from our wicked way and we can see a faithful God. And we can, instead of sitting outside in the booth, we can go back and dwell with God. But you know what happens? We get a gourd from God. We, we hadn't been in our Bible. We hadn't been thinking it's too important to be at church. Maybe we've been at church, but we hadn't been at church, if you know what I'm saying. And, and we don't think personal evangelism is all that important anymore. And, you know, at school or on the job or, you know, we decided we're just going to kind of fall into the crowd with everybody else. And then all of a sudden it just seems like blessings coming our way. We've got gourds popping up over our head. And we're just thinking, well, good for me. I, I must have some good luck coming my way. You know what Jonah said? Jonah was exceeding glad, not of God. He was exceeding glad of the gourd. You know what happens if we don't recognize the goodness of God in our life? First of all, we don't repent. But second of all, we don't consider who God is. We take ple- we, we're like those reprobates over there in Romans chapter 1. We worship the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. And you know what happens when we, when we take that gourd and we delight in it? We don't delight ourselves in the Lord. Unfortunately, God's got to send a worm. Then God's got to send the wind, and God will let the sun beat down upon you. Now, the Bible says that if you're a child of God and you be without chastisement, you're bastards, not sons. And, you know, God will deal with you according uh, to your behavior, according to your actions. But you know what? He'd like to head you off at the pass and keep you from having to go on the way of destruction. He doesn't want to have to condemn you. But if we won't take heed to the goodness of God that He sends our way, then what will happen? That gourd that came up in a night, that gourd that was there all of a sudden, that was such a blessing, it will be gone just like that. What are you excited about today? What are you getting thrilled about at the moment? What, what is your, what is your uh, central theme in your life? What are you focusing on? The Bible says that we're to put our perspective on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. But you know what? If we don't do that, if we put it on something else, if we're looking horizontal instead of vertical, well, God will have to take that thing in your life that He's put, sent to be a blessing to lead you to repentance. He'll have to destroy it. He'll have to destroy it. This, this afternoon, I just, I just pray, whatever circumstance you're in, God's been good to you, and God's been good to me. And if you will take that information and, and stop trying to figure out your own way, stop taking delight in the things of the world and all the glittering, shining things that you see, and you will take delight in God and His Word and His people, you'll find out God's way is the right way to go. You won't have to worry about a gourd coming up over you because you'll have God covering you. 